Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Hey, guess what? I've got a book coming out. How exciting is that? It's called School X, and it's all about helping you as a principal be a designer of your school and not just a manager. So I hope you'll check it out. You can download the free chapter at schoolx.me. So just go to schoolx.me to download the first free chapter. And once you get it, hit reply to the email and tell me what you think. Looking forward to sharing that with you. That's schoolx.me. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. I am excited to be a media partner for the Conrad Challenge. The Conrad Challenge is this amazing educational experience that allows students to create real-world applications to solve problems that we are facing today. It's amazing. Check out more at conradchallenge.org. That's conradchallenge.org. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am very excited to have on the show again today, Nancy Conrad, who is the founder of the Conrad Challenge, which is a global competition to help kids learn without limitations. And I've been a media partner of the Conrad Challenge for a couple of years now, and I just love what they are doing. So Nancy, welcome back to the Transformative Principle podcast. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you again. And I'm so excited to talk to you again this year because this is the 15th year of the Conrad Challenge. And so you've been doing this for a very long time and seeing some of these kids grow into full-fledged adults who were part of the program before. So we've already talked about the Conrad Challenge on the podcast. Uh, so feel free to go back and listen to that to get the, the background. But would you just give a brief overview of what the Conrad Challenge is so that people who aren't familiar with it can know about it? Sure. It's a global competition for teams of high school students, 13 to 18, and the teams are comprised of two to five students, and our students are invited to combine innovation, education, and entrepreneurship and create commercially viable products to solve global and local challenges. So we didn't want a box. I mean, we didn't want to say, well, make this, and if you make it better, you win. But we did want a scaffolding, a framework. So we have categories. And those categories for innovation are and entrepreneurship are aerospace, energy, cybersecurity, health, smoke-free world, and, and oceans, particularly the plastic problem in the oceans. And our students form their teams. It's very student-centric. They form their teams. They get a coach. Could be a teacher, could be a parent, could be an after-school person, could be a university student, basically an adult over 18 years old. 
and they come into our community and uh, they submit their ideas. And as they begin to go through the competition, they then create business plans, market studies, and prototypes. And the prototype can be an actual prototype. It can also be a drawing. And then it's a down selection process. It's a, there's a rubric on the back end. And we have judges and subject matter experts that evaluate the portfolios. The kids get numeric scores. And from that, we determine our semifinalists and our finalists. Our finalists are invited to our Innovation Summit which normally is hosted at Kennedy Space Center, which is just awesome. And uh, this year, of course, we had to pivot and do it online. And actually, I was stunned because it was a fantastic event. We even had a dance party. And one of my advisors showed up in a full disco outfit. It was a hoot. And it was really great. The kids had a great time. They were so nimble and pivoting. I mean, we were you know, we had to become our students. We had to become innovative and entrepreneurial to bring them a, a really great experience. So we don't know what this year's going to bring because we've got a little monster in the neighborhood of everyone on the planet called the COVID monster. But, um, you know, the other piece that, that's really interesting this year as students are looking for unique opportunities in the classroom and out of the classroom, this, this particular competition provides a really great place for students to work together. They can work across countries, across cities, across states, across socioeconomic levels. It really doesn't matter. And so it's a very uh, really aspirational and inspirational platform for students to work in today's world and to create things that really mean something. Many of our students get patents. They deploy products. The students own their patents. We don't own them. Uh, we have patent awards. And we don't award a financial award for the winners. We give them experiences. And it's everything from speaking on the floor of the UN to attending top-tier education conferences like ISTE or sometimes some of our sponsors send our kids to really amazing conferences around the world. And they're the stars. They get to speak. And it turns out, Jethro, that our Conrad Challenge credential is one of the top credentials for college admission. And some universities are now working with us to offer scholarships to our students, which is very exciting. So, yeah, we're 15 years and still cooking. And our kids that go through this competition become Conrad Innovators, and then some of those students become part of our Conrad Alumni uh, Leadership Council. And that group of kids really works very closely with the new students that come in, and it, it's become a community, really, a global community of young innovators. And these kids are just, they're rocking it. I mean, it's no most part. These are kids that, that know how to think and know how to learn. And I say that, and sometimes people say, well, what does that mean? So if you ask me that question, I'll answer it for you. How's that? <laughs> so I do want to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about this idea that colleges are really excited to get kids who have been in the Conrad Challenge. Uh, there's a lot of talk in the education space about kids losing time, falling behind, not being able to stay caught up, quote unquote, which we know is just made up anyway, because we determined what the grade level is. 
But this is an opportunity. And what I love about it so much is, as you mentioned, it crosses all these barriers that are typically seen as barriers. But really, you know, people have been working remotely for years and collaborating on projects for years. And this is a great opportunity to show that um, that you've you've got that ability as a student. So when you say colleges really appreciate having kids in the Conrad Challenge and that credential, what what does that mean? And what does that mean that they learn how to learn that question that I was supposed to ask you that I already forgot exactly how I phrased it, but you can talk about that now. We've been doing online education for 15 years. So suddenly we're sort of the de rigueur of the way kids are learning. So part of it is that ability to collaborate and the leadership skills that are built into what we do. So to work in a team, you need to understand leadership, collaboration, cooperation, and communication. So they call them the SELs, and and they're baked into what we do. What's unique about our kids, when you think about the classroom in, in, I guess, the pre-COVID, the PC days, or the B, they call them the BC days before COVID. You were looking at complacent kids with the sage on the stage and the butts and seats and the talking head followed by a test. And that is called push education, pushing information at kids, pushing stuff at them. You've got to learn this. You've got to learn that. You've got to learn the other thing. Yes, in our world, you still have to learn those things. So we pull your passion, your interest, and your knowledge, and we, we ask you then to make something real out of it. Make something that will benefit humanity. So it's really about creating things that are of benefit to the world so that you become part of designing the future. You aren't a passive receiver of information. You are an active creator of solutions. It's a different planet, really. And so pull education, which is what we've been doing for 15 years, is now even more important, in my opinion, because that whole old model that we've all of us that work in education have been trying to get rid of for years. I mean, I'm a little bit, this is like a, I coined a word, I throw it's called obstructunity. It's when an obstacle becomes an opportunity. Well, that's where we are. I mean, we have the capacity to be the online teaching tool for kids, which is what happens. So I guess sustainability is in our structure too. So that's what I mean by learning how to think and learning how to learn because you have to apply your mind. You have to get passionate about it. It's purpose-driven innovation. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my good friends, Damon Hargraves, uh, called that pushing versus pulling. He called that your, it's like you're pushing a rope to get somebody to do something in the push education and you're pulling the rope. It's a totally different experience. And when you're trying to push a rope, you just feel like you're wasting your time and it's not worth it. Yeah. Well, and always, you know, the testing stuff is just such an unfair and ridiculous way to measure what a young person knows and their capabilities and their talents. And, you know, it's a money game, let's face it. So that's a whole other story. Yeah, we could talk about that for hours, I'm sure. So the other piece of that is that when when these kids have the opportunity to learn something, I've watched the uh, the summit presentations. And sometimes, Nancy, it's like these kids are speaking a foreign language, because they have so much knowledge on the 
the thing that they developed and they have to have so much background knowledge to actually make it work. It is just, it's amazing to me to hear what these kids who are 13 to 18 understand. And there are things that are way over my head. And I feel like I'm a pretty well-educated, smart guy, but it's, it's amazing what they learn. I mean, if I close my eyes, I could be at a Kleiner Perkins pitch. And sometimes these kids are better than the Kleiner Perkins pitches. And I've, I've been in, in VC pitches and listened to some of them. And, you know, these kids care about what they're doing. What a concept to really engage a young person. And what they don't know, they will go seek it out and they'll find the information because they have to create unique things. So they get engaged in their learning process. It's just a whole different concept. And it's totally foreign to what we typically do in schools because, like you said, it's the, the pulling versus the pushing. And I think that that is, that is awesome. So I want to talk about some of the big stories that you've or big successes that you've seen through the Conrad Challenge. We did have Akil Jariwala on the program on episode 297. That was awesome. And he talked about how the Conrad Challenge changed his life. And he did that 10 years ago. So he was only five years in when this started. So, so what are some of the, what are some of the, the big successes you've seen? I, I don't know if, if Akil, Akil just graduated from, he got his MBA at Stanford. Uh, and he just graduated from there. And then Ankish, I mean, each of our kids, it's like, how do I tell you which instrument in the orchestra sounds best? So you can't do that. They all make the, the music, all of them put together, and each of them has achieved extraordinary things. We helped along the way, and we gave these kids, I really believe this, Jethro, that passion for learning stays with them. They become venture capitalists. They get MBAs. They work for VC companies. They start their own companies. They create changes within their countries. Holy Christmas. And they do this because of that whole piece of purpose-driven innovation. They get it. I could point it. I mean, the kids have done amazing things. And, and I really... I. I step away from pointing out which kids are like, oh, the most awesome and all that. They're all awesome. And even the ones that haven't become Pete Conrad scholars, they're, they're fantastic. And some of these kids, they will come back year over year over year until they get to the finals or until they win the Pete Conrad. We had one team that was working in cybersecurity. It took them four years to get to the finals and they finally won. I mean, it was just great to see the perseverance of these kids. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with Regard to Teacher Well-Being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. 
That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. There's stuff that, you know, it's all over our website. It's conradchallenge.org. And you can go in and dig it out. And we have a YouTube channel that you can see the videos of these kids. They just blow your mind. And they're all, it's like, which of my children is my favorite? You know, I can't do that. I've got thousands of children. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about then some of the little successes, the the per student that you've seen. I mean, you talked briefly about the the group that took four years. I mean, the perseverance, the grit, the determination of those kids to keep coming back year after year. There had to be something more than just winning that that made it worthwhile. Oh, it, it, winning, it, it, you know, it's like an Academy Awards. You got to it, you know. The winning is like Super cool, but my God, you got to the Academy Awards for kids, right? It, it, it's a community, and I really think that's what's very special about what we do. I have never wanted a big, massive 250,000 kids, blah, blah, blah. This is difficult, and I've always wanted it to be a community and to have tremendous impact on the, the whole future that these kids have. And they stay with us. They've been with us for years and years and years. Um, some of these kids go back 2010 and even before. And it becomes family. It really does. And it happens so quickly that you don't even see it happening. We've seen kids come in that are lone wolves. And within minutes, they, they see their tribe and they connect. And some of that is our alumni group. That, that makes that magic happen. And um, the alumni works with these kids all the way through and they are dedicated to what they do. So I almost forgot the question you asked me because I went wandering off. Into all my- That's quite all right. We're talking about the li- the little things that you've seen from that kids have learned through this. Yeah. That's I mean, I- I'll share a goofy thing that just came to mind. We uh, we don't do a whole lot of keynote speaking things at our summit because I think kids get talked at quite enough. So we do much more salon, roundtable, chatting kind of things. And we were doing, you know, we used to do a fireside chat when we were at NASA Ames because there was a fireplace there. Now we're at Kennedy Space Center. We've always done our event at a NASA Field Center. And we've been at Kennedy for quite some time and we will stay there. So we made it into a cosmic chat. There's no fireplace. So one day I was talking to a young man who works at Battelle. Do you know Battelle? Mm-mm. Battelle is a think tank. It is the biggest philanthropic organization, I believe, in this country. And it brought you Xerox. And it, it works in all of the categories we work in. And there's, their tagline is the business of innovation. And it was the first place I wanted to go when we created this because I thought, oh my gosh, we have everything in common. They've been with us practically since the day we were born. So a young man was, and I were speaking in this environment at Kennedy Space Center, a cosmic chat. And I asked him how he got his job. And he said, networking. 
So we started talking about networking. And I said to the kids in the audience, do you guys want to learn about networking? Oh, yes, we really want to learn. Tell us all about networking. So we got in this whole conversation. And then this young man showed up that had just graduated from Florida Institute of Technology. And he got a job at SpaceX. So they wanted to bring him onto the stage for me to speak with him and interview him. And one of the young women in the back of the room said, how do you do interviews? I said, you just create a conversation. It's so easy. And so this kid comes up on the stage and, and he's going to be interviewed. So I said, tell me your name again. And she said her name. And I said, come up here. Come up on the stage because you're going to do this interview. And she yeah, so this was called pull. She had a ball and she stayed in our competition for a couple of years. I, I kind of I think she's part of our alumni group now, actually. Changed her life. She got comfortable in her own skin. She recognized that that networking is just having a conversation just like you and I are doing. And it's it's easy and it's fun. And guess what the purpose of life is? Fun. It's all there is. Yep. Well, and it, it's interesting you bring that up because when I first started doing this podcast, when I would interview somebody who I thought was, you know, higher than me, I'd be nervous and, and anxious and like, I hope I say the right thing. I hope I impress them, I, you know, whatever. And over time, I realized that we're all just humans trying to do the best we can with what we got, you know? And and so that's why one thing that I love about the Conrad Challenge is that it helps kids see that they can become better than they thought they could. They can do things that we typically reserve for adults. We think only adults can do those things, but really there's nothing to prevent kids from doing it if they if they choose to do that. Yeah, they just have to want to. And because this group is family and, and cohesive and community, it makes it it's not off-putting. We're not snooty about what we do. It's not about money, which I think keeps it um, high level. I, I mean, I don't want to see kids dropping out of high school and creating companies. That's not the purpose of this. I don't even want them creating companies. I want them to get the bug. I want them to understand their power and their passion and their interest in learning and creating and then they go from there. So we, we just, we just, hope, uh, Pete used to say, uh, light the candle. It's when the rockets would go up and, you know, this, the engines would start. He would say, yeah, that just lights my candle. So we just want to get its candles lit. And they can do all kinds of wonderful things. Yeah. You know, they really can. And they don't even have to have, you know, a predisposition or a background in that. They don't have to be a child prodigy in that area. Oh, absolutely. You've talked a couple of times about family and about community. How do you facilitate that so that that's what ends up happening? And I, and I don't mean like, what are the things we have to do to make a family, even if we're not really intentional about that? I'm talking about what, what are the key components that you put into the Conrad Challenge so that people feel like they need to rely on each other, not just go and get fame and glory and accomplish something? How do you, how do you encourage and force that teamwork? Uh, I would say it's through collaboration and we facilitate collaboration. And so it, it's through our website and through the work we do and through the alumni leadership council, it's all collaborative and, you know, none of us can do stuff by ourselves really. 
And the days of trying to do stuff by yourself are kind of over anyway, because you look at any major company today, it's all a consortia of, of thinkers and, and doers and creatives. And, you know, it's, it's any company is a, is a conglomeration of really great people doing great work. There was a man years ago that was really mine. I called him my guardian angel. Um, he was a man who started cable television. Can you imagine? <laughs> the father of cable television. This man would hire amazing people. He would hire slow. And he'd hire these awesome people. And then he'd give them their head and let them run. And I think he was really a forerunner of the entrepreneurial world that exists today. Because most of these companies will find really great people and give them that the, the depth and the breadth to, to do the great things they can do. You know, it used to be you'd get a job and here was the box and you lived in that box and this is what you did. And in fact, we created a no box toolbox because we don't want a box. So, so, you know, there's in the box thinking and there's out of the box thinking. We don't have a box. So we made a no box toolbox so you can understand how to do innovation and entrepreneurship without it being a destination, do this, and, and then that will happen. But it's kind of just a, I call it like a map. You pick the destination and where you want to stop, but here's kind of how you drive, and here's some things you might want to look at along the way. So that kind of mindset and the ability to be an independent thinker in a community of thinkers is really, I think, where some of the magic lives. Yeah, and and what I love about it, Nancy, also is that you're not you're like you didn't prepare your whole life to do this, right? And and your husband Pete died, I think, in ninety nine or so. Is that right? So you started this a few years after he passed away. And I don't want this question to to be offensive, but what what gave you the right to start something like this when? Your husband was the astronaut and, you know, what, what made you say, I can do this and I can create this opportunity for kids because, you know, some people may look and say, well, who is she? She, you know, what, what matters? Why does this matter to her so much? I hope that didn't come across offensively. Sorry if it did. <laughs> no, you take a lot more than that to offend me. I'm a teacher. And so teachers always teach. Spies always spy. It doesn't matter if you're still in the CIA or not. I mean, I have some CIA friends and their mindset kind of works that way. And teachers always teach. You can't help yourself. I really, when I taught, I taught from a pull education perspective. I taught English at a high school, senior English. And I got these kids all excited about poetry and T.S. Eliot and all kinds of things because the professors I had in graduate school were pull education teachers, and I saw the magic of it. I had a guy who taught Shakespeare. He read us every Shakespearean play, stem to stern, took up every character, and I fell in love with Shakespeare. So I have had a passion my whole life for creating a platform for pull education. And, and I'm also an entrepreneur, which is also a little crazy, too. And so when Pete was killed and I came up for air, I looked at his legacy. And, and you know, you know the background story of Pete. Do you want me to share that story? 
Yes, do we have time? Yeah, let's share it quickly. Because I mean, you don't you can take as much time as you want. But I just want to I want people to have an understanding because I think it's really vital to what you're talking about. Yeah, it's very vital. I mean, Pete's legacy, Pete was a kid who had a problem reading and spelling. And they didn't know what what dyslexia was. They thought he was dumb. So they threw him out of a school. His mom took him to a little school in upstate New York. He had to repeat the 11th grade. And the headmaster at that school saw something and took him under his wing. And Pete ended up with a scholarship to Princeton. So it could have just as easily been prison, believe me, as Princeton. He was a rowdy kid. And so he gets to Princeton. He he learned how to fly. He soloed when he was 16 years old. And he loved flying. And so when he got there, he became an aeronautical engineer. Two reasons. Loved to fly. Didn't have to read or spell. So then he became a test pilot. And when Kennedy asked for a few guys to go to the moon, Pete liked to fly. He ended up four flights in space. He nailed a pinpoint landing on the moon on Apollo 12. Flew Skylab, our first space station. Damaged, rescued it, was awarded a Congressional Space Medal of Honor. Went on to work in the aerospace industry. And toward the end of his life, he was creating the next generation of vehicles that really formed the whole foundation for the commercialization and privatization of space. So here's a kid. An educator takes him under his wing. Kid gets a moonshot. So I I took Pete's story and his legacy of that moonshot, my passion for pole education, put them together, and we give kids a moonshot. It's what we do. And and I love that because nobody, nobody has to be special or different or unique to have that kind of an opportunity. And... I've, in the past couple months, for some reason, met a ton of people who are involved in this poll education. Well, I know the reason, because that's what I'm involved in as well. And people all over the country are doing the same kinds of things where they are identifying their thing that they're good at and trying to find a way to help kids find what they're good at. Because if you can find what you're good at and you love what you're doing, it's not just that you don't ever feel like you're working but you feel like there's so much fulfillment and enjoyment in your life that there's that you're you become full and a full cup runs over and shares with others around it and that i think is what is so is so brilliant that you have this this network through the through the uh, Conrad challenge of people who have been through it people who are going through it and people who want to help and there's so much goodness and support in that that i just i love it It's a lot of joy. And if kids want to come into it and they don't have a team, we can help them. We can find other kids that, you know, the alumni will help them sort through and find teams. And, you know, they do have to have a coach. And if you can't find a coach, we'll help find a coach. I mean, I don't want to see any young person not be able to do this because it's fun. It's just doggone fun. And, And it's really a great way to begin to understand the who of who you are. What really lights your candle, as Pete would say. And and that's so important to do. And I think that that's a, a great place to end, Nancy. I thank you so much. People can learn more about the Conrad Challenge by going to conradchallenge.org. Make sure you check that out. And of all years, of all years, this is the year to get involved because everything is so different. This will show you how kids can way surpass any standard you might set for them and And so any final parting words before we go, Nancy? Oh, let's see. Pete used to say in the space business, failure is not an option. 
In entrepreneurship, it's mandatory. So, <laughs> yeah, that's called the opportunity, right? <laughs> yep. I love it. Well, thank you again, Nancy, for being part of Transformative Principle. I greatly appreciated my time with you today. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle.